It is Friday, September 10th. This is Emily Richardson, and you are listening to Trash Box, a Real Housewives podcast. I am recording this podcast a little later in the week than I usually do. It's Friday night. Um, I procrastinated Housewives-related stuff all week, so I only just watched Beverly Hills. Therefore, you are going to be getting... Ooh, and an, and an, an incredibly fresh take on my thoughts on this past episode. Incredibly fresh. Uh, the the emotional wounds are still open on my body from watching that. I have so many opinions. And I'm so excited to share them with you on this special solo podcast episode. So we are going to talk about Beverly Hills. And then we are going to talk about Potomac. Which um, I won't have as strong feelings on because even though there are no filler episodes of Potomac, let's make that very loud, very clear. If there had to be a filler episode, this was kind of in the realm of that. It was a great episode, sure, but uh, last the last couple of weeks were so exciting and I have no doubt next week will be exciting. So I feel like those um, this episode was a link between these two worlds. Uh, then nothing. And then nothing because guess what? New York is over. Thank Christ. Apparently there's going to be a reunion. I don't really care. Part of me is, it is a sad day when I am thinking about not covering the reunion. I will, by the way, but I don't want to. Um, I'm thinking about not covering the reunion just like I didn't cover last season of OC. It's a very sad day that I am comparing these two seasons. That's not good. That's not good at all. But I mean, I guess I would love to see Ramona get taken down, but whatever. Anyway, I think there may have been a new New York episode, but I don't care. It was one of those like never bore for, never bore for scene scenes from the cutting room floor that are really funny and wacky and didn't fit into the season. And if this is the reject pile from this season, I don't want to go anywhere near it. If I'm wrong, please let me know. If this is like, if this special is going to make me fall in love with Leah again, please let me know. But anyway, let's move on to what we are all here to talk about. And that is Erica. <sighs> I um, might have a rage issue here because during and after every episode of Beverly Hills, I am furious at Erica and Lisa Rinna. Where do they get off? What gives them the right? Why do they think they're so much better than other people? And also, do they really think they're that good at acting. I truly think that Lisa thinks she is pulling the wool over everybody's eyes with her ridiculous antics. She was not drunk. There is no way. Oh, I'll get into it in a second. But I really do think she thinks she's tricking everybody and all of her quote unquote haters are just haters. I Or she just, or she gets off on it. I don't know. I guess she kind of sold her soul, eh? And so did Erica. Soul sellers. So, I hate them so much. I really, really hate them so much. I really, really do. And I'm going to I'm gonna share with you something extremely embarrassing right now. I am going to eat crow and I am going to read to you out loud the message I sent the pretty mess herself, Erica Jane, in 2017 when I was drunk. So, so drunk. What, what time did I read? Did I write this? Oh, 9-11 p.m. Why was I drunk so early? Was I high? I don't know. Anyway. August 2017, I'm going to say, I'm going to read out loud the, the, what I wrote, okay? On Instagram Messenger. Hi, Erica. I am a comedian from Toronto. Myself and my friends are all huge fans. Your forthrightness, your sense of humor, your 
owning of pop dance music, etc. We love your attitude, your fashion, your feminist agenda. Oh my God, Emily, you stupid, stupid high bitch. Your confidence, your everything. I want to die. I, oh, you inspire us. Shut the fuck up. I hate this. You inspired us to be bold and loud and fun, all in caps. We write sketches with characters inspired by you because I, we were in a sketch troupe together. Marshall and me and Tom and all this whole group, and we would write the sketches inspired by Erica. We we would with like stupid stupid moron characters who you know it's expensive to be. Oh, anyway, back to this ridiculous thing. We write sketches with characters inspired by you, and those sketches do very well. <laughs> what? <laughs> Stop! You stupid bitch! You stuck a stupid bitch. Anyway, best of luck with everything. Just thought you ought to know you're appreciated. Excuse me? See, this is what happens. She writes, thank you, Emily. I appreciate the support. Very nice. Ah, So I was thinking, why does she think she's so much better than everybody? And then I think I just answered my own question. Morons like me on alcohol and drugs sending her moron messages like that in 2017. I swear to Christ, I actually, um, I didn't prepare myself reading that before, um, the, th the thought to read that out loud kind of just occurred to me while I was recording this. It wasn't planned. And <laughs> that that was, so that, that was a, a, a live reaction to what I wrote. That is so embarrassing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, uh, I just, I, mm, I used to get really like emotional and watch the housewives and then message them. And most of them will respond if you're like not being an asshole. Um, I've, you know, <laughs> I've rubbed elbows with Heather and Lisa Barlow. Uh, when I say Heather, I am, of course, talking about Salt Lake Heather. I really hope she's not racist. Oh, because Salt Lake City is on Sunday. I am so flipping excited. If you want to hear my immediate reaction on it, um, I'm going to be on uh, What Else Is Going On podcast with Taria S. Faison. And she was my guest last week. She was great. I really had such a fun time with her. And so I'm going to be on her podcast. We did a little trade skis on, we're recording Monday. I'm not sure when it's out, but I'm going to guess it will be out at the beginning of the week-ish. So again, that is What Else Is Going On with Taria Faison. Be sure to check that out. But also don't not come next week because you've listened to that one, you know, do both. Play them both at the same time, you know? Get a bit of like a carcophony of Housewives podcasts in your house. I am so excited for them to dig into the Mary cult. I'm excited for Meredith to finally come into her own. And obviously, I'm most excited for the Jen Shaw drama. I just feel like it's going to be better than the Erica stuff. I feel like the Erica stuff has been great drama-wise, but every episode, clearly, I am left with this leftover fury. And I think I'd just rather be entertained, you know? I, I, I'm i very entertained by Beverly Hills. I, I think this is like primo reality television. This is art. But um, I mean, as I'll get into when I do the recap in just like a couple minutes, like it's it's very frustrating and you feel, this is gonna sound so fucking bold, like, like over the top and like dramatic, but you know, you're on a Housewives podcast. I'm sure you can handle it. Uh, I feel a little gaslit by the other characters. And so I can't imagine what Sutton or Garcelle are feeling. 
in that moment. And it's, it's hard for me to watch them have to come up against pure evil. Whereas Jen, we all know she's bonkers. We all know she's wildly guilty. There's no questions here about did she know? Did she not know? This isn't Coke Shaw. This isn't her husband. This is her. She 1000% did it. And like, oh, I just love the delusion and the messiness of Jen. And that video footage of the helicopters, the SWAT team. And oh, I just can't wait for my little Whitney and my Heather to um, to react to that. Although, Jesus Christ, I hope, I hope again, I hope Heather isn't racist. And I know there was always some question about whether or not Whitney was a Trump supporter. She did disavow her friend who was at the Capitol riots. She said that she said that wasn't her politics. I'm just going to try to give her the benefit of the doubt because I want to enjoy her. So I'm going to put some blinders on Erica Girardi styles. So I'm very excited. I'm really, I really am excited. Okay. Let's get into Beverly Hills. This is the follow-up to The Dinner Party from Hell, part two. And it really did live up to its name. It was um, insane. It was insane. And uh, I felt much, much, much anger and disgust with Erica. And um, uh, I, Kyle, I was really pissed at Kyle. Kyle is just spouting bullshit. And, and especially on this episode that we're going to talk about today. What the hell? Where does she stand? She can't have it all the ways. Because she's looking like um, a liar and a two-faced, the very thing she is saying that uh, Sutton is. And it's it's a mess. It's very messy. And I, like I said, I feel a little gaslit by this whole show. And I, Andy's going to fuck us. And I have a feeling that Andy still loves Erica and is going to back her at the reunion. And he's going to read a question against Erica from, you know, Becky from Phoenix, Arizona. And, you know, it'll be like, you clearly knew about what was going on with Tom. I don't know why I'm doing a Jerry Seinfeld voice. But he's going to read that question. And Erica is just going to do that stone-faced bitch thing she does. She's a mean one. Let's just, okay, let's just get into this episode. Would you like to get sued? <sighs> Would you like to get sued? So... All of that stuff she was saying last week to Sutton about how this has nothing to do with you. You're fine. Why would you be worried? You're just being a gossipy, gossipy little Southern woman. She is completely going back on and is now saying, I could sue you. So yes, you are a part of this. First for saying, how could you get sued for saying, I, <laughs> please, what, what the fuck is going on with your lawsuit? And I don't know if I believe you because I read this LA Times article. No, you can't get sued. But bear in mind, you are listening to a woman who knows nothing, absolutely nada about the law. So um, would you like to get sued? And then she says, not me, not me. I'm talking about Tom, essentially. He's, you know, he's not out of the game yet. Okay, but he has Alzheimer's and he's in a million lawsuits. So he's probably not going to sue Sutton. Um, and then she says, I'm about to really lose my shit on all of you. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, you already have, and it's not becoming Erica and it's not as, um, I think she seems to think because of idiots like me, that this is her standing up for herself and being a badass, but really she's just a bully. It's really difficult to watch. Actually. I don't enjoy watching it. Like I'm definitely entertained, but there's, you know, those like movies where they're like gaslighting movies where the main character 
is made to believe that he is completely wrong about this, like one person. So like cable guy, uh, Matthew Broderick, his um, wife was like, we love the cable guy. I, I don't remember who his name was. Um, and But really Jim Carrey, the, the cable guy character was psychotic. And it's the same thing from What About Bob uh, with um, Richard Dreyfus and uh, Bill Murray. It's one character being like, no, 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 you guys don't see, this guy's crazy. Uh, to a lesser extent, Beethoven, the Beethoven movies with Charles Grodin and the dog. The dog is very sloppery and destructive and he's ruining Charles Grodin's life. But Bonnie Hunt is like, honey, we love the dog. It's, uh, yeah. So watching this stuff and seeing people be so rude to Sutton, uh, who is, yes, an imperfect television character, but is doing the Lord's work this episode and and being the audience surrogate for them, for, for Kyle to pull that shit. And for Crystal, oh my God, for for Crystal to agree that I would I would react the exact same way if Sutton did that to me, honey. I get that you hate Sutton, but unfortunately, it's blinding you, and now you're on the wrong side of history. You, it's bad. I feel bad for Crystal because I don't think she's she's a smart woman, and I don't blame her for hating Sutton, but. She's really on the wrong side here. And um, it's a damn shame because I like Crystal. Anyway, Erica is on her tirade. She's doing that weird pose in front of Garcelle. She's, she has the tear, the tears streak down her face. She looks terrible. Her fashion is so bad. And we'll get to that a little later in the episode when her fashion is really, really bad. If you call me a liar again, if you, if you call me a liar again, I'm coming for you. And then you threaten me. No, I promised you. Who the fuck is this bitch? Who is Adrian Maloof in this world? Who does she think she is? No, I promised you. With what money? Sutton owns a baseball team she didn't know about. She's dropping thousands willy-nilly on jewelry. She's, Erica Jane is not going to destroy Sutton. She's not. It's simple as that. And I, and yes, I'm using money to make that point because that is their whole thing in this world. Clearly, it's all about money to them. She, also her nipples out for some reason erica's nipple is out at the table just it's just messy 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 bye there's the door so sutton gets up and is very upset and is walking out and bye there's the door she's evil i wrote she is evil or just like i mean clearly I, you know i'm gonna use the word narcissist every damn episode of this podcast but jesus christ she has a personality disorder and then there's her partner in delusion, Lisa Rinna, who goes, sorry, Erica, and then gives Erica the puppy or the dog. I cannot. And then Kyle is outside with Sutton playing both sides. And they're like, please stay. Garcelle's like, let's, please, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about this. And uh, my boyfriend goes, I would get the hell out of there. And I agree. I would get the hell out of there. Although I would love to storm back in there and call out Erica and not hold back and be like, see you in court, bitch. But it's so it's so much easier said than done. We have all the hindsight in the world. We are literally watching this play out on a reality television show. And we have weeks in between to talk about it. Whereas in the moment, I probably would be like, not, not, I, I, I'd like to think I wouldn't side with Erica. But I definitely, I, when someone's yelling in your face, I, I burst into tears probably. I, 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 you know, I'm a strong person, but shit. How many times in your life are, are people telling you to shut the fuck up? Not much, unless you are in a really 
bad relationship. And if you're listening at home and you're like, oh, my husband always says that. Ha, ha, ha. Run, bitch. <laughs> Run before it's too late. And he's signed all your names on an LLC or whatever the fuck. And you're going to go to jail soon. So, you know, victim, victim, victim. Uh, again, but nobody cares about the real victims. And guess who's going to talk about that later in the episode? PK. What the hell? How is PK the voice of reason? The reason is he is a scammer of the highest order, except his victims were what? Like creditors, business people, corporations. Who cares? Who cares about that? He rightfully points out that Erica's social media game is inappropriate and disrespectful. He says the real victims here are the people who, if they got $50,000, $60,000, that would have changed their lives. Now, did he say that this week? Or was that on the preview for next week? I can't remember now. But he says, you know, the real victims are the people whose family members died in that plane crash, the burn victims, people who, you know, are actually suffering here, not fucking Erica Girardi, who moved to a McMini mansion. So he's also saying that the Alzheimer's thing is bullshit, um, which is, I, I don't know, true. She's So obviously he still thinks that Erica is under Tom's thumb and this is all a scam. Because I remember when she first got divorced, divorced, or she first filed for divorce on election day. And believe me, I was thirsty. I was thirsty for a distraction on that day. So thank you, Erica. She thought she could hide it. No, no, no. We needed it. Um, Twitter and Reddit were saying, oh, this is a financial scam. So she can hide some of the money and embezzle it out. That was the initial like drama of this divorce, in case you've forgotten that this this divorce is bullshit. And, you know, th that's still a theory. Like, PK is basically saying that this whole Alzheimer's thing is part of that, maybe. I don't know what they've cooked up. They're really, really shitty people. And PK rightfully says, has Erica said, I feel terrible for the victims, and this is all about the victims. And Dorit, even though Erica treated her like shit at the dinner, defends her friend and says, yeah, she said all that. But then the editors graciously flashback to Erica giving the most boilerplate response of, yes, it's all about the victims. It's, it's all baloney, phony baloney. So um, then there is Rinna going over to Garcelle's house. She's evil. I've written here again. A lot of evil notes here. I'm a little dramatic with these, with these notes. Okay. Lisa was not drunk. Lisa was a, probably a little tipsy and she knows that Erica acted the fool, but she still needs to be team Erica. So she is playing dumb. And I don't doubt that she is very stupid. Let me make this very, very clear. Just because Lisa is quote unquote producing all of her storylines and she's full of shit doesn't mean she's some psychological mastermind. She's actually really bad at it and she's a terrible actress. And that's why I hate her so much. At least be an LVP type and, you know, play the game well. I don't want to have to see you produce. I want to believe it. And I will give Kyle credit on that. She's good at producing without it being so obvious. So um, Lisa is <laughs> so full of shit and saying she was drunk. And it's like, what happened? What? Whoa. Um, she, I, oof. Garcelle saying there is a divide in the group, and there is. And then Lisa going, huh? Really? She? Listen, I am not a violent person. But my hands get twitchy when I watch Lisa. If I was there, I would have just taken my hand, my whole arm, 
nay, nay, my whole arm. And with all of my strength, just slap that woman across the head. Just slap her. I would get fired. I, she'd probably sue me. Blah, blah, blah. Like she, you think Candace reacted badly to a fight. And to be fair, that fight was crazy. Can you imagine Lisa's response to this? To me, me pulling out her ugly, ugly, ugly hair. Wow, am I actually a bad person? Because I'm, I'm saying all this stuff and I'm really angry at Erica and Lisa. And am I a bad person for thinking this? Or am I just really into the storyline? I mean, I hate characters on TV. Like Sopranos. I was watching, I'm, I'm rewatching Sopranos right now. And um, a certain main character gets whacked in at the end of season five. Soprano heads rise up. And um, I hate Tony in that moment. I really, 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 really hate him. So I guess what I'm doing is I'm I'm treating them like they're not real people. And maybe that's not fair, but I mean, they are on a reality show and they are rich and this is what they want. So they like the attention. But I really, I, I was just so filled with hate with for, for Erica and Lisa. I gotta calm the hell down. I gotta calm down. I need to take a, need to pop a, a Zanny. I've never had a Xanax in my life. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> to sound cool in front of you all. I don't know. Anyway, no, I hate Lisa and I hate Erica and they're bad people. And Erica was literally living off of widows, the tragedies of widows and orphans. So I'm allowed to hate them. I just had a crisis of conscience there for a second. Uh, yeah, so Garcelle is bringing stuff up to Rinna, being like, there's a divide in the group. You never have my back, which is totally true. And then Rinna, it says, my loyalty is the truth. Please shut the fuck up, ma'am. Um, and then she makes it like, this is like a listening circle moment. And actually, Garcelle, we have things to talk about too from me. Like you didn't say thank you again for the sauce and the cake. We can both do better. Mm, trash, trash. And Garcelle doesn't buy it for a goddamn second, but she has to be on the show. So she's going to, you know, play into it and be like, okay, great. Then Kyle and Sutton go look at Jules and they have a fight about what happened. And I'm totally team Sutton on this one. What are you talking about, Kyle? She was like, I was trying to stand up for herself. I was being honest. I am being honest. But Kyle doesn't get it. Or she's still trying to be Team Erica. But then I read a headline. Again, I did not click on Reddit that said that um, Erica has now said that Kyle is a flip-flopper. And she's seen the two faces. And the only person who's on her side is Rinna. And that's the only person who's still her friend. So good riddance, bitch. Good riddance. And also... If Rita, it looks the worst of all of this. If you are the only friend left of Erica Girardi's, you look like a fool, okay? Um, Sutton walking away dramatically at the jewelry place. Like, what, what was it? Like an auction house or something? I didn't really get what that was. Just a rich person thing. Kyle doesn't get it. Sutton is right when she says that they are all scared of Erica. And then Kyle comes, up with, comes out with, as your friend, it bothered me to see you back down and be weak. What the fuck are you talking about, lady? What the hell? Uh, that is the Dorit and PK thing, which I already covered. And then we have Garcelle's Haitian meal. Garcelle looks absolutely beautiful. She really does. Although I hated it when she walked down the stairs and Rinna goes, Queen! Oh, just anything she does grinds my gears. And there is something icky and patronizing um, about, I think, a white woman saying to a black woman, queen, it just, it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know. So 
why is Erica, what I've written here, why is Erica dressed like a leather daddy pirate? It's pretty funny. Good for me. Uh, Yeah, she's wearing like that puffy shirt from Seinfeld and then like black boots and her hair and especially her makeup look absolutely terrible. There's some Dorit shade about her being late, blah, 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 and like Garcelle coming for Dorit. But Dorit is an idiot, to be fair, even though she was pretty likable in this episode. So I, you know, I'm always going to be Team Garcelle. (laughs) Um, Then Lisa tries to be like, play victim in the confessional. This food isn't my thing. I wasn't raised in a fish family. What the hell is a fish family? Uh, But I'm going to do it for Garcelle and her heritage. Okay, wow. A round of applause. And then, of course, she has to voice every every bite she's voicing her opinion. Mmm, okay, I did it. I want to slap. I'm going to get a little slappy here. Erica, Erica's makeup is painted like Meryl Streep at the end of Death Becomes Her. She looks like shit. Um, then uh, after the dinner, I mean, there's not much to say. There was like a couple, again, slags at um, Dorit, from Kyle, from Garcelle, kind of all over the place. And afterwards, they're all cold for some reason. (laughs) They're all bundled up in coats. And then someone brings up a pair of pants that Kyle once wore. And Erica says, I've never seen those. And then they're like, oh, that's right. She wasn't at Auntie Erica Club at Dorit's that time. And Lisa, Lisa Rinna goes, she wasn't invited that night. Sorry. Just saying. I didn't bring it up, though. Ooh, slappy, slappy, slappy. What a, um, what a mean girl teenager, you know? Just very, very immature. I, uh, you know, you say, you say, oh, Harry Hamlin's great. Harry's a weird guy. They're not a lot alike, but geez, he must be trash if this is the woman he chose to be with. I'm sorry. I just hate her so much. I got to look in the mirror. I'm getting a little, um, angry here. I, jeez, yeesh, larish. Um, they leave. Erica leaves with Lisa. Bye-bye. Bye. And, um, Sutton and Kyle and Crystal and Garcelle talk about uh, the elephant in the room, which is Erica, who looked, again, looked terrible. And Sutton are not talking, and they're being very cold. And I, I kind of agree with Kyle's anxiety thinking. She's being like, okay, if there's like seven or eight people in the room, and two of them hate each other, I want to fix that. I get that. But in this situation, no, because Erica's evil. Erica's not, and, and, they point out that she expects an apology and there's no way she will ever apologize to Sutton. And Sutton just laughs. And I really got a kick out of that. Sutton is earning her keep this season. My God. Sutton very wisely states, if anyone deserves an apology, it's the victims. And then she adds a little later. And then maybe me, but I, whatever. Then Kyle is going about how she wanted Sutton to tell the truth and there's that you know oh I guess I didn't really cover like the quotation friends thing which is a total non-drama calm down Kyle then Garcelle points out that Kyle's actually being really hypocritical well she has been the last few episodes it's it's her behavior is wild uh Kyle's actually being really hypocritical because her telling Sutton to tell the truth and bring something up and don't just sit on it is exactly the opposite of her behavior last year with the charity debacle and you know she said that Garcelle didn't pay and then she never brought it up but then she brought it up at the reunion and embarrassed Garcelle and Kyle's like I thought we I thought we moved on from that because she can't handle it at all and yeah it's bullshit then we find out that Erica and Crystal got together and um Crystal is saying there is no path to resolution for them and uh, yeah Crystal being team Erica is a big major 
bad choice. Rob Minkoff, get your girl together. Also, Rob met Crystal when she was 17 and he was like 40. That's creepy. Now, I, now listen, I love, I really do like Crystal. I love her vibe. But I, that does creep me out. And she is on the wrong side of history here for the second time. So the thesis of this episode is Erica is trash. Lisa is trash and was not drunk. She lied. She straight up lied. Believe me, I have pretended I was blackout drunk to get out of shit I did the night before. You're talking to a pro, you know? Um, and yeah, so we'll see next week. It seems like things shit the, fa- shit the fan more, <laughs> hit the fan more. And Dorit and PK and Mauricio and Kyle get together and shit talk Erica. And I love to see that tide turn. I hope they're all anti or anti. How do you say that? I say anti. Anyway, I hope I hope they're all anti Erica at the reunion. That would be fantastic. And I don't think Crystal would be stupid enough to still be Team Erica on that one for sure. I don't think she's going to be Team Erica at that reunion. Jeez, I really hope Andy doesn't pussy out. Prayer warriors get together. We're praying that Andy doesn't pussy out. Okay, come on. Okay, now let's get into Potomac baby again good episode not a highlight of the season but you know not they can't all be classics right you got to get your highs and your lows so they have returned to potomac or potomac area the dmv dc maryland virginia from their vacation in williamsburg and we get to see like you know allegedly for the first time wendy telling eddie that they were talking about the cheating rumors in williamsburg Obviously, she's told him about this beforehand, but let's just, you know, let's suspend belief here and pretend that this is the first time. And and basically, Wendy's logic is he would not cheat on me because he left his family to be with me. He is estranged from his family over their relationship. So why would he give everything in his life away for me and then throw it all away like that? Well, he is a man. You never know. But I do understand her logic. And I really hope he's not cheating because he seems like a sweetie. And uh, he's very handsome. And I really hope it's not true. Basically, this episode is dealing with the fallout of the events of Williamsburg. Wendy says it's pretty ironic that the person with the shittiest marriage is the one who feels like they can, you know, stick her nose into her marriage. And I'm not really sure if she's talking about Giselle or Ashley, but yeah, either it can apply either way. Because holy fuck, holy actual fuck. I hate you so much, Michael Darby. He's terrible. When they went to like that baby appointment, he was making it all about himself. Then it gets back to the sex stuff. I'm sorry. What is wrong with this, frankly, old ass man who cannot go a couple of weeks without sex with his new mother wife? It is so creepy. It is. He is overcompensating, I think, also. I feel like a lot of this like sexual stuff with Michael is reason so we can cheat and also to make it clear i'm not gay like if whatever dude be bi i don't care you're trash either way like it <laughs> doesn't matter actually he would be more likable if he was bi he really would he also says something about how you're hardly not fat or something you're not overweight in any way shape or form you're clearly getting into shape he's horrible oh i'm so happy we know that michael likes his women tight Ugh. <laughs> We meet with Giselle and Robin recording their podcast, which I actually heard is not terrible. Here's the thing. Outside of all this silly, silly drama stuff, I really like Giselle and Robin. They're fun. Are they mean girls? Do they have each other's back to a fault? Yes. But they're fun. And um, I heard the podcast is good. Will I ever listen? No. 
I, I, I never, never, ever will. So on the podcast, they're talking about men cheating. And Robin talks a little bit about how Juan cheated on her and she cried herself to sleep. And then Giselle says that the, the, she talks about some bullshit statistics on cheating. And she's like, I wish I'd known them two years ago. And that's kind of a, I guess it's a reference to Jamal and Bindergate, um, which she never, I actually am, I admire Giselle in some ways her levels of being able to compartmentalize things because when that binder shit went down at the reunion she did like the dead-eyed glassy stare and now we are learning that you know there it obviously was true and she's really good at just kind of acting like it's nothing is it good for her mental health no she's emotionless it's it's really fucked up and then what she does is she takes up all that frustration and anger and sadness and she takes it on to other people Hurt people hurt people. It makes sense. Giselle is having a birthday dinner for Robin and she's not inviting Karen or Wendy. Okay. So this is a real housewives dinner, Giselle. And what happens is you invite everybody, even if you hate them. Because initially I was like, oh, it's going to be a little party. I can understand if it's just Giselle's friends. But no, this was a real housewives dinner. I mean, I guess we did get an opportunity to talk about Wendy and Karen, but we'll get to that a little later. So uh, that's what's going on with Giselle. And Robin wants to see a life coach who I'm happy didn't just answer the phone and was like, oh yeah, I'll fix your life, come in. She actually points out that like, listen, do you need a therapist? Clearly Robin needs a therapist. Robin's been through a lot. And I'm actually surprised she's being so strange about the therapy thing because I thought she was in relationship therapy with Juan last year. So I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for Robin. I think she's depressed and I think she needs therapy. That being said, I've been saying I want to go back to therapy for the last two years and I still haven't. So it is hard. I don't I don't really blame her for that. That It's it's a hard journey. Um, Oh, also hard this episode. Mia and her mother. Whew, that was rough. That was really intense. I feel really bad for her mom, but I feel mostly bad for Mia. That burn story, that's, that's, that was terrible. It was really depressing. And the fact that this father of hers introduced her mom to drugs and cheated on her and then was a bad dad. And it's just really, really messy and really sad. And um, Mia, Mia went through a lot of shit, man. And I'm, I really like Mia. I think my favorite moment last episode was her (laughs) turning on Giselle and telling Wendy what Giselle said. Incorrectly, I might add. She, (laughs) what did she say? She was like, oh, Giselle said you were a weak bitch. Totally wrong. She, she paraphrased. And listen, I said it before and I'll say it again. I too paint with a wide brush. If someone were in real life to be like, hey, can you get out of my way, Emily? In the retelling of that tale, I would be like, And then this motherfucker spit at me and told me to fuck off and shoved me out of the way. I don't mean to. I just think it makes for a better story. And plus, if you, you know, crank the volume up a bit on the story, then the person you're talking to will be on your side more. Understand? I am trying to stop. I don't do it all the time, but I, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it sometimes. So Mia, God bless your... You're representing our our people, our, our wide brush people. We're not liars, but you know, we're not we're not that far off. 
Anyway, I'm getting a kick out of Mia and how messy she is. She's giving me shades of Ashley Darby. And I am, I'm having a good time. And also I'm excited to get to know Gordon because on the, the mid-season trailer preview, Gordon, her husband, apparently is quite controversial. And I'm looking forward to that controversy. Anywho, uh, we were talking about liars before. Speaking of liars, Karen Huger is renewing her vows and is trying on dresses for her new bestie, Wendy and Mia. And it is so silly. And th those, a lot of those dresses are really ugly. I think I like the first one, but a lot of them are very tacky. And um, I don't know, like the changes, it's such a production that she has to have more than one wedding dress for a vow renewal. I have never heard tell of a vow renewal in real life. It's only ever on Housewives. So is this a rich person thing or a TV thing? Or I, I don't know. It's uh, very narcissistic, but I, you know, what, what else would I expect from Karen? God bless her. God love her. So apparently she's getting married at that venue where they were. And I forget who says it. I think Mia says, well, the interior of the space is perfect because the exterior of the venue is in fact terrible. I love the shady producers. It's just like Karen's, uh, was it her wig launch last year? The one that she left early that was like in a fucking outlet mall. <laughs> she's great. She's so, she's such a, a strange woman. I really enjoy her eccentricities. Mia very kindly brings up that Wendy and Karen were not invited to Robin's birthday party via Giselle. And uh, thank you. Karen is still going on about that. Well, Giselle wished death on Ray thing, which is not, it is not the moment. It is the opposite of the moment. Karen, get a better storyline. Get down and dirty if you are going to be in this season. I do not want you to be picking apart random confessional quotes incorrectly from three or four years ago. Move on. The other star of this episode is Candace and White Chris. She is getting ready for this music video. They're fighting about his involvement. I don't really care because even though I do think that they are rubbing each other the wrong way on this, I don't believe that it's super real, this storyline. Like it's not totally Melissa and Joe Gorga fake, but they've definitely amped that shit up for the cameras. Although I, you know, the emotions are probably real to a point. I actually like Chris. I like Chris. I, I don't think he's using Candace. I really do think he kind of worships her, to be honest. But any any excuse for <laughs> Candace to take out that triangle folded napkin or tissue or whatever and, and blot her eyes. Who who was writing on online that it's a triangle? Because it's always in a triangle. That made me laugh. Thank you, Internet. Uh, finally, we have the birthday dinner, and I, I was actually surprised that this is where the episode ended the birthday dinner. I thought we had way more time, which is why I was a little, uh, not disappointed in the episode, but I thought there would be more action. But, um, Candace comes for Ashley, this filthy milkmaid, she refers to her as, coming in, uh, what did she say? Something about her wide ass. She goes right into body shaming, and the fans are not loving that on social media, and it also, you know, listen, I really love Candace this season. She's she's firing on all cylinders. She's really funny. But the body shaming thing is extra bad because earlier in the episode, Michael was talking about Ashley's body. So the whole wide-bodied ass comment comes off extra cruel because we don't know what's really going on in Ashley and Michael Darby's marriage. He could be really emotionally, I mean, I know she I know he is 
really mean and cheaty and gross, but he can also be really emotionally abusive and like talk shit about her body. And we don't know what kind of issues she has. And she's also a new mom. So kindly fuck off from that angle, Candace. Because listen, you are correct. Ashley, the filthy milkmaid, swung on down to Williamsburg, Virginia, caused a bunch of shit on purpose. She's playing dumb, but we all know it's on purpose. And that's okay. Ashley, I love you. Never change. Uh, but rather than just sticking to the script and saying, listen, you fucked up, you were the shit stirrer again, Candace made the fateful decision to attack her body. And that's kind of Candace in a nutshell. She doesn't know, she doesn't know her limit. She goes too far. She calls her a concubine. She goes a little too far. That being said, I'm not team Ashley on this. Ashley was messy. But else, but, but what else do we expect from Ashley? And what else do we expect from Candace? It's a beautiful symbiotic relationship. These two need each other, just like Giselle and Karen. We are lucky to be alive in these times. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the rest of the Potomac season. So that's that. No New York, thankfully. Next week, we start covering Salt Lake City. I really, really, really can't wait. It's like my Christmas. I'm very excited. <laughs> I don't even like Christmas that much. I find it very stressful. This is, this is new Christmas, Salt Lake City premiere. I'm going to have a drink and try to calm down. I think I was a little too much on the Beverly Hills recap. I got really emotional and angry. Usually I can kind of like tamp that behavior down when there's a guest on the show to appear, you know, kind of normal. Like I want to, I want them to like me. But when I'm doing my own solo podcasts, I just go the fuck off. And I like, I, I yes and my own fury in my brain. I don't know you guys, but I, I got to say it is, it is a spectacular season of Housewives, Beverly Hills, I mean, and, and Potomac for that matter. Again, we're living in historic times. So thank you as always for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> we, have only, we only have like 45 followers. It's disgraceful. But you can follow us on Twitter at um, the Trash Box Pod, or you can follow me me on Twitter at mrich44, emrich44. And follow us on Instagram, oh, fuck me, uh, at Trashbox Housewives, I'm pretty sure. And we're also on Facebook, and we're also right outside your window, okay? Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.